All right, welcome to another episode of The National Pulse. I realize it's been a while, so thank you for your patience. It's Tuesday, June the 8th. When did it become June? Just looked at my calendar. June the 8th, apparently. 2021, broadcasting from an impossibly hot Capitol Hill. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm so English. I will talk about the weather all day long and I will complain about the weather, the weather's extremes all day long. When it's cold, it's far too cold. When it's warm, it's sweltering hot. That is Washington, D.C. I suppose they do call it a swamp for a reason. But there's other reasons they call it a swamp and we're about to get into them. My guest is Natalie Winters. One day, one day, I guarantee you, I'll be the guest on the Natalie Winters podcast. But for the time being, and she doesn't know this yet, but she'll also be the guest at 5 p.m. on The War Room today. And we're going to talk about, it, you know, it's been a while since we did one of these podcasts, and the reason is sort of two or threefold. One is travel. You know, as, as things are opening up, as people are holding rallies and events and, and speeches and all that all across the country, we are increasingly required to be present on the road. And and I love the road. I, I have lived most of my adult life. Uh, people used to ask me where I lived. I said, uh, staring at the back of a fraying headrest somewhere over the Atlantic. Um, and and while that may not be true yet, while the transatlantic routes have not quite opened up yet, despite the pressure from the airlines, and and you'll hear more about that in the uh, in the G seven deliberations this over the next week or so, um, we are still managing to get around America quite a lot. Uh, we'll bring Natalie Winters in here. Natalie, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So that's that's reason one. The second reason is because you know, there's just so much to go through. I mean, you look at these thousands upon thousands of pages of Fauci emails. I'm going through them. You're going through them. I know the National Pulse Artist Collective, our members program, is going all through them. Um, and then there's the third reason here as well, which is you know though that's not the only thing in the news cycle. And and you know I spent I spend maybe two hours every morning just going through, just reading all the news. I just read all the news. Um, I have I have almost every single news app and subscription that you could possibly imagine. I read all the news, and, and, and it's important that we do. It's important because you can find buried leads, you can find different things, but it's, it's incredibly time-consuming. So those are my excuses uh, for not doing the podcast in a week, and I'm sticking to them. Um, Natalie, let's 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 jump into this uh, this story that we've got up on the site this morning. I think it's incredibly important. Peter Daszak, as we know, uh, you and I both identified pretty early. Usually, usually I'll give you all the credit, but I think we both identified Daszak pretty early in this whole uh, whole debacle as being probably the long term fall guy uh, for people like Fauci. But also, he I mean, he is he is as close as you get to the to the kind of villain of the piece in in without without going right up to the top, the likes of Francis Collins and, and Dr. Fauci. Dashik is kind of the what is he, the sous villain. He's the undervillain. Let's play let me play this clip and then I want to get your uh, 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 feedback on it. Let, explain to our audience what we're hearing here. As an example, first of all, 
that we're only looking at viral families that include um, those that have gone into people from animals. So we, we narrow it down straight away. Then, you, then when you get a sequence of a virus and it looks like a relative of a known nasty pathogen, just like we did with SARS, we found other coronaviruses in bats, a whole host of them, some of them looked very similar to SARS. So we sequenced the spike protein, the protein that attaches to cells. Then we, well, I didn't do this work, but my colleagues in China did the work. You create pseudoparticles, you, look, you insert the spike proteins from those viruses, see if they bind to human cells. And each step of this, you move closer and closer to this virus could really become pathogenic in people. So you narrow down the field, you reduce the cost, and you end up with a small number of, of viruses that really do look like killers. Then you look in people and you say, in the people that live in the region where this animal lives, that are exposed to that virus, do we see antibodies specific? So, Natalie, um, just explain this to us, because you found this clip. Explain to us what are its origins, where did you find it, how did you find it, and, and what is Dashik describing there? Sure. So I actually found this clip while going through Peter Dovshak's C-SPAN profile. I've recently pivoted from YouTube to C-SPAN going through old clips now. And Peter Dovshak only has one video listed on C-SPAN. It's from 2016. It's a panel forum type discussion about pandemics, kind of the road forward. There are a couple other scientists and researchers on the panel talking. But interestingly, um, he says a couple words that, frankly, I would never want to hear come out of Peter Doshak's mouth, that being killer virus, spike protein, uh, and Chinese colleagues. And I think Fauci probably feels the same way that I do about Peter Doshak saying these things, because they directly undermine um, what Dr. Fauci said while he was being questioned by uh, Senator Rand Paul just a few weeks back with regards to his agency's ties to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So this clip, which uh, just to kind of contextualize, 2016, that was right in the middle of this now very controversial grant that had been given by Fauci's National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease mm. uh, to Peter Doshak's EcoHealth Alliance. And this clip was two years into that grant, like I said, 2016. So he's talking about the kind of research that he's conducting. If it's in China, it has to do with bat and SARS-like coronaviruses. It's ostensibly you know, related or at least somehow traced to this grant. So if you remember, uh, Fauci basically distances his agency from really any ties to the Wuhan Institute of Virology while talking to Rand Paul, whether it's funding personnel, right? He doesn't even know what the word Wuhan is. That's kind of the, the takeaway. But as the days progress, China, what China? whether it was Fauci, yeah, whether it was Fauci or Collins, you, you saw them kind of start to, to reverse their, their tune and their tone with regards to their agency's ties to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Obviously, you played that clip on War Room, I think maybe last week of Francis Collins admitting well, maybe we did send some money to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, but we, quote, had no control uh, over what they were doing. Not sure how that necessarily absolves uh, the NIH or the NIA idea of blame. Frankly, I think that makes them more culpable. Um, but what you see from Peter Doshak really gets, again, to this other key component of this whole, you know, origins of COVID-19, what happened in Wuhan. And that is, of course, gain-of-function research or to 
put it more simply, just manipulating viruses, really weaponizing them. And that's, of course, where you talk about the spike proteins increasing the transmissibility to humans. And I think, you know, if you take all the science out of it, uh, in the words of Peter Doshak, making these viruses into, quote, killers, right? His words, not mine. Um, and of course, he defers and says, oh, well, it's my Chinese colleagues uh, who are doing this. He doesn't name them specifically, but I would say a likely contender. This, of course, dovetails with another story that we had up on the site uh, late last night. And she, uh, let me get the pronunciation right, because I know Jack Kosovic no, corrected No, no, do it incorrectly <laughs> on purpose. I'm not here okay. to, to, to learn Mandarin. That's not our jobs. And let me tell you this. If Xi Jing Li, uh, Jack Posobic, was saying my name, I doubt she'd spend more than 12 seconds wondering how to pronounce it. So, so that's not what we're doing. Yes. I was going to say, if there are three words that I wish I never knew, it would be uh, Wuhan, gain-of-function research, and she's English. But unfortunately, (laughs) and the national (laughs) But unfortunately, here we are. No, but uh, last night, I was was curious. I I was going through Shi Zhang Li's resume, uh, and one of the first grants that she lists uh, on there uh, is, of course, from none other than Fauci's. National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, and she goes on to list on her resume 13 studies where Peter Dalshack is the co-author, two of which also list Peter, uh, sorry, Ralph Barrick yeah. as the co-author, who is, of course, another name that was mentioned by Rand Paul and one of these really hardcore advocates for gain-of-function research. So this clip, I think, you know, a lot of people like to say what we say, especially Peter Dalshack, uh, is conspiracy, we're not correct, although maybe there's been a a little bit of a reverse course on that, uh, but this is Peter Doshak in his own words, really, I would say, admitting to everything that we've been hammering. And can I just say one more thing? We did our first podcast on Peter Doshak March 22nd of this year, not to mention, I think it was probably months prior that we had first said his yeah, name. Yeah, February. So it was early we, February that we had, we had yeah, first, so first flagged been, him. Way ahead of everybody else, by the way. I love I love everybody else jumping onto the bandwagon now, but way ahead of everybody else, uh, Natalie. And it's, and it's a testament to your, you, not just your research, which which I think we all understand is is incredibly diligent and 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 time consuming and hard to do. Um, and everybody, believe me, the the not just not just the world, um, not just the people alive right now, but history will be grateful for you in that regard. Um, and and you know. What I wanted to add in here is that there's still a lot to play for. I know for a lot of people out there, um, Natalie, it will seem like every every shot is the kill shot on this issue. But it's but it's it's kind of not because it takes the the media establishment, even conservative media, but the media establishment and the political environment so long to catch up with us. I mean, you'll remember back in February as well, Natalie. I did three entire podcasts on Carrie Simmons and the G7. And everybody at the time was saying to me, well, you know, what are you talking about this for? And then sure enough, at the beginning of uh, uh, this month or right at the end of last month, you know, the entire British media is dedicating front pages to Carrie Simmons and the G7 and everything that's going to come out of it. Look, I, I think the audience knows at this point that the, the national pulse isn't just the isn't just the current pulse. It's the it's the foresight, right? It's it's looking down the road. Um, and, and it leads to things like this. So Rasmussen has this... Uh, study out this morning i don't know if you've seen it yet uh and they've asked the audience three things about gain of function and fauci have have you seen this yet natalie 
No, but I'm on Rasmussen right now. <laughs> you don't need to have seen it. Don't worry. <laughs> don't try and don't, don't, don't try and quickly catch up before I before I hit you with this. Um, you'll you'll be able to glean from from what I say what is important here. So the questions that are asked by Rasmussen here are. How closely have you followed recent news reports about U.S. government funding for so-called gain-of-function virus research? 39% say very closely. That's remarkably high for, for something like this, something like a, you know a, the, the, the kind of sub-issue of a sub-issue. And it just goes to the heart of just how important all of this stuff is and how many people are, are persuaded that it, that it was actually gain-of-function uh, involved in this rather than rather than you know soups uh 32% said somewhat closely 16% said not very closely 8% said not at all and 6% weren't sure about how closely they followed the news reports <laughs> um then the second question was should the US government be funding gain of function research here was a shocker to me so 35% say they're not sure and I, you know i think that's probably that's actually probably quite low i would i would have imagined about 50% would have said they weren't sure um but again you know 39% are following it very closely and 32% somewhat closely so i think people are starting to make up their minds more but the people who are making up their minds only 31% said no and 34% said yes now when you add in the not sures into that there's obviously everything to play for public opinion is there to play for the the difference between 34 and 31 percent between the yes and no and that question is negligible um and then the third question is do you believe dr anthony fauci has told the truth about u.s government funding for gain of function virus research 15 percent are not sure 40 percent believe he has been telling the truth and 46 percent believe he has not been telling the truth we are awfully close to getting over the halfway mark in terms of the number of people we have a plurality but we need that to be over 50 percent of the number of people who think dr anthony fauci has not been telling the truth and if you would ask that question natalie just three four five months ago those numbers wouldn't have been those wouldn't have been anywhere near that i know for a lot of this audience they think because they interact with you know, common sense types and people who understand what's going on here that everybody surely must see it. But it's not true. There's a whole ignorant world out there. And um, and I got to tell you that the numbers are swinging because, uh, in large part, because of your research. So let's well, go. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, whatever. <laughs> Let's go. I am, I'm very bad at giving compliments as well as receiving compliments. Let's go back to... Well, thank you for your leadership. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, I... Wait wait until you see what's coming next in terms of my leadership. The, the National Post has undergone its own gain-of-function experiment. <laughs> I think we've become more transmissible, more lethal. <laughs> I, did, I did grow Natalie Winters in a lab. Um, yes. She didn't come from a soup. <laughs> Um, so look, let's go back to this Dashik, uh, quote real quick here, because I think, I think this is all signal. So this is 2016. Um, the forum is discussing emergence infectious diseases in the next pandemic. And the quote, as you identify Natalie is, you know, he says, you create pseudo particles, you insert the spike proteins, you see if they bind to the human cells. Uh, he says, I didn't do this work. My colleagues in China did the work. At each step of this, you move closer and closer to this virus that could become pathogenic in people, and you end up with a small number of viruses that really do look like killers. And I want people to internalize that for a second because he says it with such flippancy. 
in the clip. Maybe we should play it again. He says it with such flippancy. He says it with such, um, you know, a lackadaisical attitude, a lack of concern. You know, not like he's doing something that could lead directly to the deaths of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people around the world. To them, those people are just numbers in a broader experiment. I am inferring that from his tone. Natalie, I'm going to play it again so that people can really understand. If they didn't, if they didn't absorb the tone at the beginning of this, let's, uh, let's try and get them to do so now. As an example, first of all, the, we're only looking at viral families that include um, those that have gone into people from animals. So we, we narrow it down straight away. Then, you, then when you get a sequence of a virus and it looks like a relative of a known nasty pathogen, just like we did with SARS, we found other coronaviruses in bats, a whole host of them. Some of them looked very similar to SARS. So we sequenced the spike protein, the protein that attaches to cells. Then we, well, I didn't do this work, but my colleagues in China did the work. You create pseudoparticles, you, look, you insert the spike proteins from those viruses, see if they bind to human cells. And each step of this you move closer and closer to this virus could really become pathogenic in people. So you narrow down the field, you reduce the cost, and you end up with a small number of, of viruses that really do look like killers. Then you look in people and you say... Unreal. Just unreal. Um, those sorts of things, I know, I know Natalie, you're more about the, 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 you know, the data and the research and the, and the, and the facts... I will read between the lines here. I mean, the flippancy with which he talks about these these killer viruses to me is is the real standout moment of this clip. Um, he sounds like well, a total and, sociopath. And remember, total sociopath. Not, Go ahead. Not to discredit our wonderful abilities to, to unearth clips, but there was also a, a, a I forget when it was from, but just less than a year before COVID nineteen, where Peter Doshak talks about similarly these kind of gain-of-function type experiments, manipulating, making these viruses a lot more transmissible uh, and, and lethal to humans. And he talks about it in that clip. I believe it was Tucker Carlson who aired it, but with a similar sense of just, I don't know what the right word is, but just very casual, very, very casual, casual tone. callous. It's totally yeah. fine. And then I think it's funny if you, you know, the only time I've really ever seen him because I have watched a lot of his, his speeches. You lucky girl. The, the tone. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, it's hard to differentiate uh, the accents between you two. Sometimes I don't know. No, I'm kidding. Um, but well, I, you don't want to wanna start on the comparisons of, <laughs> of, of voices here. <laughs> the only, the, well, it was really funny. I don't know, maybe people saw it, but there was an article in, in the Daily Mail. I think it was probably last weekend about how photographers from the outlet had gone to his house and they were taking pictures of him. And he was quoted as saying, you need to remove your car from our drive right now. Leave the area and never come back. Goodbye. I have no comment. Right. It just it seems so out of character. I've never seen him get so, like, passionate about something, except when it was, you know, stop. We need to continue covering up. You know, I can, you know, potentially have helped fund uh, an institute that helped, you know, create or do research that maybe led to the creation of COVID-19. Uh, but I won't answer for it. But right. no, I'll talk for, for hours on end about how my organization is, is so amazing and how we can, you know, do this complex research, or I guess not him, his Chinese colleagues. Um, but it really is an interesting uh, psychology there that I think deserves and definitely will get more, uh, I guess, analysis and, and just more more watching of his videos. <laughs> 
I I will I will give you that for for you it might be hard to differentiate between me and Peter Daszak's accents. <laughs> if you will give me that, it's hard for me oh, yeah. to differentiate between you and Rebecca Black. <laughs> How about that? Is that a deal? Do we have that deal? I don't think that's an accurate comparison. Can I give you my defense? Go on. I have one really hardcore Twitter troll who just hates everything I do, but they always say the only thing that they like about me is that they think that I have a nice voice. So I'm not saying, I, I think... think Rebecca Black has a lovely voice. What are you trying to say? No, don't be a hater. Rebecca Black is known for having a terrible and annoying voice. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, th- I, I think it's just lovely, and I think you're incredibly mean for saying that. Well, I think we need to add uh, Peter Doshak to the line, let, let him give his input. <laughs> uh, well, I guess I would, but Wait, we're hang on. Have we tried calling Peter Doshak? Um... I think we need to. I, think, I so. think we need to try and dial him in in real time to the show at, <laughs> at one point. I think I just heard. I, I just I bet we, we, you remember if- podcasts are pre-recorded, but I just in in advance. I just heard a cheer going up amongst the audience. Go, yes, do that, do that. <laughs> I was going to say, I bet if uh, he doesn't pick up, maybe she's angry, created or recorded his like voicemail, or he has a really weird voicemail. That'd be very good. Maybe he's got Rebecca Black's Friday as as his voicemail <laughs> song. Um, There's a good chance. So look, just just to just to round off on this on this Dashik thing, yeah. right? Um, how now, given that this clip is, you know, it'll do the rounds, and as much as any National Pulse piece like this does the rounds, and and people will pay attention to it, and people will internalize it, and you know. 99.5% of the United States Congress people that should be doing things about this will will eventually ignore it uh, and some people will try and push the thing forward on it and then it will resurface right in a month or something on the Daily Mail uh, without giving <laughs> us credit and, and so on and so forth whatever right that's just that's just our lives ladies and gentlemen um, but but how then given the context of this speech the content of the speech uh, can Dr. Fauci ever really seriously up, go up there and say, you know, in no way, shape or form was the United States government under my purview funding gain-of-function research? Well, I mean, he won't be able to. And I think that that's why of the, the media rounds that you see him doing, there's such softball questions. I would not be surprised if there's some sort of agreement, whether, you know, quite literally it's, it's spoken about in the sense that, you know, you can't ask about the emails, you can't ask about Wuhan, you can't ask about if NIAID uh, ever funded any research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So I, I really think that we need to get another, whether you say it's kind of the People's COVID Commission, or mm-hmm. I just think that we need someone By like the way, you're going to be Rand- the chairman of that. You and, you and Sherry Markson are going to be the co-chairman of the, uh, of the People's COVID Commission. Well, I'll record a, a theme song in the style of Rebecca <laughs> Black, too. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I think it's that... Dash I don't, yeah. Dash yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, frankly, uh, not to be too pessimistic, I don't think that you'll ever see fr- from a mainstream media outlet really 
pushing him on funding the Wuhan lab. But I think if and when he's in front of Congress senators again, I could see him being pushed more so, so, so on the so, funding of the lab. So I might slightly disagree with you there. I, and li- this is literally just an just a uh, an experience thing. My experience on these over the course of of my uh, you know involvement in in politics and the media is that at some point somebody on the left in the media especially, so badly needs to pull themselves out of some other muck that they decide that they're going to, they're gonna, you know, make a beeline towards the, 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 the villains on the right, right, and, 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 and try and put them on the spot. And it's somebody like Chris Cuomo, and it'll be something like how Chris Cuomo covered up for his brother for so long. Some document will come out or some text message will come out or whatever. And then Cuomo will do like a two-hour sit-down interview with Fauci and he'll grill him for 15 minutes on the lab and gain a function and Peter Dasha can echo health. I don't know. But believe me, if that exact thing comes true, I deserve, you know, a billion dollars in Pulitzer Prize money. But but it's something like that because because these people have such little in the way of 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 moral backbone that every so often they need to borrow a little bit from us and that's what i think uh that's what i think is going to happen i i also think what you're saying effectively here natalie is that fauci perjured himself uh in front of Rand paul mm-hmm. well i just don't really know what what the tipping point would be to get the mainstream media to kind of turn on fauci because i you know if you would have asked me that question a week ago i probably would have jokingly said well, you know, if we have a video of Peter Doshak admitting that he was creating killer viruses with Chinese researchers, then maybe Fauci, you know, the tables no. would turn and people would see Fauci as lying. Bless you, bless but I you, think Natalie. that we. <laughs> that, that is such we, we, a, an innocent way to look at it. It comes, these things come out of, of political imperatives, they come out of necessity, not out of morality. And, and this is, you know, this is the same thing with the border, right? I mean, why Kamala Harris is down there, you know, talking about, hey, don't come to the border, don't come to the border, is because they've polled it. And and 95% of Americans want the border shut, all right? Well, I'm being, I'm being hyperbolic, but it's a vast majority of people who want the border properly policed. And the Biden regime knows that, and the media knows that, and that's why they cannot afford to, 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 piss that many people off look at that there's a reason i read out those rasmussen report numbers earlier on in this in this program do you believe that dr anthony fauci has told the truth about u.s government funding for gain of function virus research 40 percent say yes 46 percent say no if you creep that no number over 50 percent you will that is your political imperative that is that is that is the moment in which people start going oof you know the, the, the whole country basically is heading this way I, I hope we get there, and I will do everything in my power to. <laughs> well, it all started on uh, April fourteenth, two thousand and three, when oh, doc- I was going to bring that up. Well, yeah. you know, segues, segues. <laughs> Doctor, it's Anthony- your podcast. You have to do the segues. No, I know that. I just did one, and then you stepped on it by saying I was going to bring that up. <laughs> Um, yeah, Dr. That's not what a black song <laughs> You don't want me to actually try to uh, uh, I think imitate your voice. I think, I think, I think that would be an, like I would think that would be a legitimate HR complaint if uh, if I did that. I think that would be bullying in the workplace. Can I give a shout out to Forty Six is a fraud, the user, because I've been meaning to. Well, the, and you well, everyone can join the hold Discord. On. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Natalie, not everybody who listens to this podcast knows what the Discord is 
and and knows who 46 the fraud is give that some context <laughs> so for those who aren't aware uh if you go to the sunrealnews.com uh you can subscribe and become a member of the national Port, national education uh bundled the name of our outlet <laughs> what a podcast <laughs> we don't we don't do it for a week it's all just crumbling to bits the walls are closing in on us yeah, what's that? I hear the walls are so, Yeah. Um, okay, well, you can go to... Let me restart. You can go restart. to... Hold on, sh- hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's, should we... Let's start the whole show over. <laughs> All right, welcome to the National Pulse... <laughs> It is Tuesday, June the 8th, the year of our Lord, 2021. Our guest is Rebecca Black, joining us on the line. All right. By the way, I, I, I happen to believe this, this, cannot, that this doesn't apply to anybody else. Um, when you and I are on the podcast, it is the single most entertaining podcast in the country. I genuinely believe that. And I genuinely believe it because it's signal, it's humor, and it's, 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 you know, we break news. We do real news. And I couldn't, I wish all the best to Crystal and Saga and, and, and what's it called? Breaking Points and all of these other things. I think this is the best show in the country. Um, Natalie, why should people support it? Where can they support it? And then who do you want to give a shout out to? Okay. Yes. So you should go to fundrealnews.com. Uh, you can, there are various levels of subscription to help support the National Pulse, whether you want to you know, call into podcast, have a phone call with Raheem, or just give whatever you can to help fund our investigation. If you donate $5 a month, I believe I am correct on that figure, yes. you can join our exclusive Discord chat channel. Uh, for those of you who Which are you get at all levels of membership, by the way, as well. It's yes. not just a $5 membership. Yes. Yeah. I am not a good saleswoman, but nonetheless, it doesn't take a good saleswoman to sell the Discord chat channel because it's it so sells much fun. itself. I know. It, it These does. babies Raheem's sell themselves. <laughs> Raheem's on there more than I am, but I, I'm making an effort to well, go. You're on the there star more. of the show, but, so you can't be there that often. <laughs> true. I'm too busy uh, watching all my old clips C-span of Nashak. Yeah, see, I, I'm a C-SPAN junkie. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got I got an ad that I that I could buy my dad. Um, c-span merch for father's day and it's like nope <laughs> that's not what i'm gonna be buying but uh if you so join in the, the discord, discord you yeah talk, yes you can talk uh not only with me and raheem but a ton of people who also support our work sensibly think the same way that you do about oh, all these issues help promote the and kind of just yeah no they're so awesome i enjoy talking to them whether uh it's about kind of inside baseball about washington dc even hair tips um it's awesome and one user in particular 46 is a fraud i've been meaning to give a shout out to because he so kindly asked and since everyone in the discord is so kind about sharing our work and really sending it far and wide to every corner of the earth maybe even the wuhan institute of virology um i'm very grateful for everything that they've done so i just want to say thank you to the discord 
Yeah, it's super cool. And I know they're um, they're also planning a um, a gathering as well, a get together. I think we're also going to do a Christmas party with them somewhere in the world, Natalie. So um, uh, Wuhan. It, yeah, in Wuhan, Christmas party. <laughs> um, there is a huge there is a huge uh, number of people who are joining up to that now. I think there's a thousand active people in the in the private Discord chat at the moment. Um, we have thousands more members over at the National Pulse, and uh, if you go to fundrealnews.com. We've got some um, we've got some announcements to make as well in terms of our growth and changes to the pulse and stuff. I won't do that quite yet, but ladies and gentlemen, make sure that you uh, you stay abreast of all of that. Let's go back to Fauci from eighteen years ago, since we talked about it ten minutes ago yeah. and then didn't actually get to it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> play the clip right now, but I think it goes right to the heart sure. of everything we've been talking about, Natalie. This was a great find. Here's Dr. Fauci, uh, eighteen years ago on C-SPAN. No, and for some reason it's not playing. Hold on, I got it, I got it, I got it. Singapore and Hong Kong. We hear from a physician in Durham, North Carolina. Good morning. Hi, good morning, Dr. Fauci. Good morning. um, Pedro. Um, You've been at the NIH a pretty long time, and it seems to me that during your tenure, our ability to control infectious diseases hasn't improved, but in fact worsened. And even basic health tips such as you can't use antibiotics to treat viral infections has not been adequately communicated to the public because, for instance, people will come in demanding an antibiotic for a common cold which, or any other viral infection, which has certainly served to um, create more resistant strains. Not saying that this has anything to do with this particular SARS epidemic, but um, don't you think it's time that you step down and let someone else who has a more effective message Actually, no. <laughs> she wants to know if I want to step down because we're we're getting too many resistance. Uh, 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 actually, no. Um, he, and that, by the way, that response, that nervous response, tells you everything you need to know about Fauci eighteen years ago. It's the same Fauci we've got today. Uh, bungled messaging. People don't really know what's going on as a result of his messaging. Um, gosh, it would be a different world if he did step down eighteen years ago, wouldn't it be, Natalie? We should have listened to this physician from Durham, North Carolina, I guess. Whoever you are, please identify yourself somehow because you probably are the most uh, correct person in the history, the the recent history uh, of this country. But yeah, and I think that this this clip, well, part of it is funny. I think his response is is amazing that actually no, and then then the laughter. Um, But I also think that if you kind of understand what she's saying, talking about how he, his agency, at least under his role, has just failed uh, completely to communicate to the public, you know, basic tenets of public health, uh, of prescribing uh, certain types of drugs and creating more resistant strains as a result of certain viruses. And I really think that just getting that gets to the heart of the issue, his ability to communicate is just it's one day it's this, one day it's that. You know, he's called flip-flop Fauci because uh, for, he doesn't for a reason. care about the science. Mm-hmm. That is it. I mean, he doesn't care about the science. That's, that's the, the, And this is, the, you know, the frustration here was not... This lady was not talking about a a you know a, a small difference on something. This is this is specific things that were happening eighteen years ago that she was saying. Hey, look, this you had one job, Doctor Fauci, and you get a big F for it, right? 
Uh, he knew that at the time. you got to go and watch this clip as well but uh, uh, over at the National Pulse website, ladies and gentlemen, because you've got to see his physical reaction to being asked to step down. This is why he doesn't do anything like this anymore, right? Nowadays, it's all set-piece interviews and here are the questions you can ask, here's what we won't be answering, etc., etc. Natalie, we have so much up uh, over the last week over at thenationalpulse.com. Um, loads of great stories uh, and I thank you for that. Anything else in particular you wanted to raise before we uh, before we bounce today? Um, I think we've just continued exposing how, especially a lot of these influential think tanks like the Atlantic Council have been taking Chinese Communist mm-hmm. Party cash, and I think that that's also really important because obviously a very 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 pervasive narrative we're hearing now is about how the mainstream media helped to cover up kind of the origins of COVID nineteen. And obviously, we've done extensive reporting as to how these outlets are beyond compromised by the Chinese government. But I also think that another kind of institution, uh, entity in D.C. that utterly failed this pandemic is the the think tank class of people. And not that we ever had high hopes for them to begin with, but all of these these bodies that have millions, frankly, billions of dollars in funding that are supposed to, you know, get to the problem, get to the bottom, rather, of problems plaguing the world, even ones that are supposed to be scientific uh, in in their nature, they did absolutely nothing to get to the bottom of COVID nineteen. I didn't. I can't think of one actually informative report from a so called you know elite establishment think tank uh, that really even talked about the origins of COVID nineteen. They all took the Chinese Communist Party at their word, um, and I think that the story that we have about the Atlantic Council kind of speaks to that in the broader ecosystem that exists here in Washington D.C. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Natalie Winters, thank you so much for joining us here today on the National Pulse podcast. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to make sure that we give a shout out to some of our our friends and partners who were just so kind in linking to us. And I want you, please, this is a request from me to you. I want you, please, to go to their websites and show them some love. Tell them the National Pulse sent you. Go to their comment section. Say, hey, Raheem sent me. He wants to say thank you. He said thank you on his podcast. And here are the websites, right? And you can communicate with these people if they don't have a comment section. Do it on Twitter. Do it on their Facebooks. Do it on Telegram. All of it. So number one is citizenfreepress.com. You know, the longstanding people who listen to this podcast know citizenfreepress.com is how much we value Kane and the whole team over there citizenfreepress.com has a comment section go over there and uh, tell them I sent you the other one is of course is the Bongino report Dan Bongino Matt Palumbo and the team always linking into the National Pulse we're always grateful for it find them online tell them we said thank you I do that every day but make sure you thank them as well they love the audiences and they love the National Pulse audience so let's make sure they hear from you. The good friends at pjmedia.com, whatfinger.com, thelibertydaily.com, all of these great websites linking into the National Pulse almost every single day, and I'm entirely grateful for it. What I'm also grateful for, ladies and gentlemen, is your support. Support from people like Lauren, Raymond, Michael, Brent, Lisa, Margaret, Joe, Gary, Nancy, Robert... Miriam, John, Catherine, Diane, Kyle, Kelly, Marilyn, Randall, Howard, Pam, Melissa, Jim, Lois, Bob, Richard, Richard, Darren, Pauletta, Michael, Rob, Jack, Mark, Linnell, Jennifer, Amy, Annette, Jacob, Stuart, Joseph, Michael, all the people who head on over to fundrealnews.com and keep this going. Thank you.